Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. Hey guys, we are looking at the nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit. And specifically this time, we're looking at the Word of Wisdom. You know, Hope and I are called to focus on training and raising up saints for the supernatural work of ministry, for helping people experience His presence and help them to hear His voice more clearly. And when we're talking about these nine manifestation gifts, we're talking about uh, the very distribution necessary for a full manifestation of the Spirit. And I believe the major call on my life is to be used by the Holy Spirit to help activate these gifts of, of the Spirit to, and to pray for people to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's begin this time on the Word of Wisdom with a quick refresher from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. This is what it says. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Now remember, it's important to note that all these gifts are supernatural, they're not natural, and the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the profit of all. So it's for the purpose of helping others. And uh, today we're going to mention a couple of the gifts of revelation that reveal something. And the word of wisdom... And I'll also briefly touch on the word of knowledge gifts just so that there's a simple description on how they differ because they're related but slightly different. So first of all, what is a word of wisdom? A word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit for a divine purpose. The word of wisdom is God or the Lord Jesus Christ providing to you direction by the power of the Holy Spirit or how to apply the knowledge you have about something. Here's quick. Here's three quick examples. The wise men needed the word of wisdom to find the Christ child in Matthew chapter 2, verse 20. God showed his judgment to Noah by the word of wisdom, Genesis chapter 6, verse 13 through 22. The word of wisdom was used to assure God's servant of his calling in Exodus chapter 3. That's with Moses and the angel of the Lord's direction at the burning bush. And also Acts 26 verse 16. That's when the Lord Jesus gave Paul direction. When he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuted. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and what you will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. And I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So, just to begin this time with, I want to give just a personal testimony that I hope illustrates an example of what the Word of Wisdom can look like. So, in my own life, I was staying three months in Jerusalem as a missionary, and the Lakeland outpouring in Florida broke out in April of 2008 during my time I was in Israel. I continued to grow more hungry. I was watching it online through the web stream and I wanted to see more revival type activity in Jerusalem in my own life and my own ministries I was involved with. I prayed that the Lord would direct me back to Jerusalem someday to partner with Holy Spirit in revival manifestations and ministries and meetings someday again in Jerusalem. Well, 
during that time, when I returned to the USA, I went to, to for 12 days the Lakeland outpouring, and I attended every single meeting. I was seeking direction in what to do with my life after that summer. My prayerful choices were to attend a couple different ministry schools. So there in Lakeland, during you know one of the ministry times, I just was waiting upon the Lord in, in, in front of the altar, like an altar call kind of situation. And the Lord spoke to me with pictures, impressions, and visions of redwood trees in Northern California. I took this as a word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit. It was his direction and advice which led me to apply to Bethel Church's Supernatural School of Ministry. And I got accepted and I moved to Redding, California from Michigan later that summer. I ended up attending all three years. And in that first year at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, the Lord answered my prayers that I prayed in Jerusalem to bring me back to Jerusalem. I actually went back on my first year BSSM mission trip and to Jerusalem, to Israel. We did many treasure hunt style supernatural evangelism, even on the streets of the old city in Jerusalem. And we did a couple of healing meetings around Jerusalem. And so the Lord answered my prayers. And it all started out with the direction, a simple impression, simple visions of just waiting on the Lord, and I saw redwood trees, and when I prayed about it, I knew that he was highlighting Northern California because redwood trees are well-known in Northern California. So that's an example of my own life. But let's go deeper in defining what is a word of wisdom. Jack Hayford says, The word of wisdom is a spiritual utterance at a given moment through the Holy Spirit supernaturally disclosing the mind, purpose, and way of God as applied to a specific situation. So, it looks like this. A supernatural, word of wisdom is supernatural perspective to a, to a certain, the divine means for accomplishing God's will in given situations. The word of wisdom is divinely given power to appropriate spiritual intuition in problem solving. The word of wisdom is a sense of divine direction by the Holy Spirit. The word of wisdom is being led by the Holy Spirit to act appropriately in a given set of circumstances. The word of wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Wisdom works interactively with knowledge and discernment. So, with the when we're talking about the word of wisdom, we got to remember that I love how Sean Bowles describes the word of wisdom. He says, "Word of wisdom is God-inspired application for any given." person, place, thing, or situation. So the word of wisdom is like divine instruction. It's the how-to and how God would in a given situation or circumstance. So contextually speaking, a word of wisdom is what Jesus would do in any given situation. Commonly used alongside the other revelatory gifts, words of wisdom are actually wisdom that God gives to help us to know how to apply our plans and even other prophetic words to our own lives. When it is a word, wisdom is like instruction. Think of it like this. Heaven is coaching you on how to plan and pursue who you are and what you're called to and how he loves and how to love those who are in your destiny. So a word of wisdom is it's important to note that Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's not speaking simply of wisdom, but as a word, a logos of wisdom. He is referring referring to a specific insight from God 
that is applicable to a particular setting or situation. So in the biblical understanding, wisdom is not merely theoretical or speculative. It is practical. It involves knowing how to live and act rightly in a way that is pleasing to God. So a word of wisdom then refers to supernatural wisdom given in the moment that leads a person to make the right decision or to reply with the right answer or break through an impasse or to know what to do in a particular situation. It is wisdom that has nothing to do with IQ and it is not gained by human experience or learning but it is supernaturally given by the Holy Spirit. A biblical example of a word of wisdom is in Acts 10 when Peter received a vision of a sheet let down from heaven filled with unclean animals followed shortly afterward by a visit from some Gentiles. And Peter was given supernatural wisdom to understand that this vision and this visit meant that he was to show these men hospitality and to go and enter the house of the Gentile Cornelius. Something that was totally against his principles as, as a devout Jew. But then he was led to preach the gospel to them. His obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit led to the first evangelization to the Gentiles and a huge step in the growth of the church. I like what Brian Simmons says about the word of wisdom. He says, This message, this logos of wisdom, this is a revelation gift of the Holy Spirit to impart an understanding of strategy and insight that only God can give. This is more than simply wisdom, but the clearly crafted word of wisdom to unlock the hearts of people and free the corporate body to move forward under God's direction. This gift will express the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, not of man. The best examples of this gift were one, when Jesus saw Nathanael under the fig tree and knew his character as a man without guile. And here's another example. Number two, when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, and unlocked her heart with the words, go get your husband. So let's look at some more scriptural examples on the word of wisdom. And remember, word of wisdom, this is revelation with information related to the future. So you got to distinguish between wisdom and knowledge. So wisdom is more directive. Knowledge is more like information. So if you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, it says wisdom is profitable to direct and wisdom and knowledge are interdependent. Wisdom needs knowledge upon which to act, and knowledge must be directed by wisdom. If you look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2, it says, The ton of the wise uses knowledge aright. So a word of wisdom, we're talking about a tiny portion of God's total wisdom, which is supernaturally imparted by the Holy Spirit. It's operated under only God's control. So like the everyday practical wisdom that's available to believers through prayer, that is more so along the lines of James chapter 1, verse 5, that kind of wisdom. But if you look at, here's another scriptural examples. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 10, Jesus told his disciples where and when to fish, and the result was conviction. Look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. Jesus told his disciples where to find the donkey and the colt. He even based this on knowledge of scripture if you look at Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 through 7 is another example. It's when the apostles operate in the word of wisdom with their need and method of uh, appointing deacons in the church. And the results of following these words of wisdom by the Holy Spirit resulted in unanimous agreement with all the parties involved and progress for the church. If you look at Acts chapter 8 
verse 26 through 29, Philip was directed to Gaza and to the eunuch by words of wisdom spoken by the Spirit to him. The results was an open heart and even an open nation in Ethiopia years down the road. If you look at Acts chapter 9, verse 10 through 16, this is a great example of kind of like words of wisdom and words of knowledge both interconnected, uh, spoken by the Lord. So if you look at Acts chapter 9, 10 through 16, you'll, you'll see how a disciple named Ananias was called by the Lord in a vision by name. And the Lord said to him, pay attention, this is the word of wisdom, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. So right there, the direction is go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, very specific, ask and ask for a man named Tarsus or a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. So the, the knowledge part of it is the information, like his name, he is praying. And the word of wisdom aspect is more go to the this street, ask for this man. And, you know, in verse 15, the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him much more he must suffer for my name. So it's pretty cool. Uh, in the vision, he's seen a man named, he talked, the Lord was talking to Paul and said he saw a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So the Lord even gave uh, Saul a word of wisdom of what was going to happen, that's, that Ananias was going to come and lay hands on him to restore his sight. So that's a little uh, description. Uh, we're going to move on, though. As I said before, Acts 10, Peter received the vision of the sheet. That was more the word of wisdom uh, manifestation in his life. If you look at Acts chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted that there was a severe famine that would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the entire, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So that was another word of wisdom, more directive, like, hey, there's a famine coming. Acts 15, verse 13 through 29, there's a solution to the problem of the Gentile converts based on knowledge of Scripture. And this also resulted in unanimous agreement with all the parties involved in the church and progress for the church. Another word of wisdom example is Acts chapter 16, verse 6 through 10. It's Paul and Silas directed to Macedonia. First, there's a negative and then a positive warnings and it resulted in an open door. If you look at Acts chapter 21, verse 10 through 10 through 11, uh, it's another example of Agabus. He came down, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, coming over to us. He took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. So there you go. There's some scriptural examples, but let's move on to just a few helpful biblical commentaries for what the word of wisdom is. So sometimes Paul associates knowledge with mysteries, revelations, and prophecy. You look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, or 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 6, and they suggest that 
Thus he invests the terms with the significance of supernatural mystical knowledge. It's a meaning common in Hellenistic Greek culture, but more especially common among the mystery religions. But is this what Paul means here? Paul certainly thinks of all the wisdom and all the knowledge the Christian has as coming by the Spirit. But here he's talking specifically of special gifts. Gifts, moreover, of a word of wisdom and of knowledge, not wisdom and knowledge themselves. So sometimes it's not easy to discover exactly what he's talking about. But I like how the ESV calls, uh, they call the word of wisdom and word of knowledge an utterance of wisdom and utterance of knowledge. It's important to remember that the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia. And it refers to the intimate understanding of God's word and his commandments, which result in holy and upright living. Some understand these to be miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, by which a speaker is given supernatural wisdom or knowledge from God to impart to a specific situation. In the context of Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it means to speak to the life of an individual or, or to a specific situation with great understanding and a righteous perspective with the goal of guiding others towards a life of holiness and worship. So that's what the word should, the word of wisdom is spoken from the Lord to the person and it will lead them more in alignment with his will. So there's several uh, things I want to discuss because when we talk about the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, some people get them confused. And I just want to bring a little bit of uh, fine point. You know, we're splitting hairs here, uh, describing the difference between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. So I want to cover these two revelation manifestations together because they are the first group of manifestations that God mentions in Scripture in the First Corinthians chapter 12 list. And it's helpful to discuss these together because they overlap in many ways. They often work seamlessly together and it's it's basically some a lot of times it's a single revelation from God which consists of both a message of knowledge and a message of wisdom. We call these the revelation manifestations because they deal with God or the Lord Jesus revealing something to us. And it is fitting that God categorizes all revelation as either knowledge or wisdom because all information from the Lord is either knowledge or wisdom. And knowledge is the facts concerning the case and is information, while wisdom is the right use of or exercise of that knowledge. So when God gives revelation to an individual, it may involve either or both a message of knowledge and a message of wisdom. For example, when God gives a message of knowledge, i.e. he gives a person information, he will often give with it a message of wisdom so that the person knows what to do with the information he has just received if he does not if the lord does not give a message of wisdom it usually means that what to do is clear from either the word of god the bible or from natural wisdom based on the five senses world common sense right a message of wisdom is god or the lord jesus providing to you direction or how to apply the knowledge that you have about something. I find it helpful to think of the translation message communicates more accurately exactly what the Lord gives by revelation. A message. He gives a message. 
and the message may come as an audible voice, as a picture, or a vision, or in a vision, or in a, as a physical sensation, or even as a firm realization, an inner knowing. The King James Version of the Bible says word of wisdom and word of knowledge. So these are the terms that I use, and they're widely used, And but this word is used for message in Christian jargon, Christianese. <laughs> Nevertheless, it could be misleading to a new Bible student, a new believer, who might think of revelation as words, especially because, in my experience, the majority of the revelation any person receives is not a word or even by words. It's much more often by impressions or pictures. So that's just a small minor point that when we say word of wisdom, word of knowledge, it's usually doesn't come as words like 100%, but it can come as words. But much more often it comes as impressions and pictures in your heart. So when we speak of revelation from God, a message of knowledge or wisdom, we are speaking of God or the Lord Jesus given direct revelation to the person via the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people point out that God speaks via other people's advice or nature, etc. But God, yes, God can speak to us that way, but that kind of communication from God is not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, a message of wisdom or knowledge is the Lord given information to the believer, not the believer giving it to others. Many people, saved or unsaved, give wise advice, and this is not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of wisdom occurs when God gives a Christian a message about what to do in a given situation via the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge. These two gifts, more commonly known as word of knowledge and word of wisdom, like all their spiritual gifts, Paul says in verse 7, are given to the church for the common good. That is to say, so that you and I may be strengthened, we may be nourished, that we may be encouraged, consoled, and instructed and built up in our Christian faith. But what are these two gifts? As we saw from its definition earlier, the manifestation of a message of knowledge is when God or the Lord Jesus gives a believer information about something. It may only be a little bit of information, but it is knowledge nevertheless. A good example would be Joseph in the Bible in Genesis chapter 41, verse 25 through 27. Do you remember when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream? Well, God gave Joseph knowledge about the meaning of the dream, which was that there would be seven years of plenty, then seven years of famine. That specific information, that revelation, is a message of knowledge, a word of knowledge, because it only gives information, the facts about the case, in, in this case, the Pharaoh's dreams. But when God gives someone a message of knowledge, he may or may not need to give a message of wisdom so the person will know what to do. For example, <laughs> if a person has lost his car keys, all God has to do is let the person know where they are. He does not have to give a message of wisdom and say, go get them, right? <laughs> the person will do that without having to have a word of wisdom. Often, however, God will give a message of wisdom when he gives a message of knowledge. If what if God had told Joseph about the years of plenty and the years of famine, but never said what to do about it, right? The best Joseph would have done in that case would have, would have been able to pick a reasonable solution. 
However, God did give Joseph a word of wisdom, a message of wisdom. Joseph told Pharaoh to store up 20% of the harvest during the plenteous years for the upcoming famine years. This is when, when God gives a, a person direction, he tells him what to do. Then it is a message of wisdom. So that's kind of like some of the difference. But let's look at some helpful commentary from Sam Storms on the word of wisdom and word of knowledge. The problem we face is that the only place that they are mentioned in the New Testament is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, where Paul provides us with neither a definition nor information about how they function in the body of Christ. Nothing in the terms word, wisdom, and knowledge provide themselves provide us with theological insight in how they are being used in this passage. First, we must look elsewhere in the New Testament and in 1 Corinthians. Although it would be misguided to speak of Jesus as possessing quote-unquote spiritual gifts in the same way that we do, nevertheless, he certainly ministered in the same power of the Holy Spirit and on numerous occasions exercised by what we might call uh, precursors to the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Some contend that Jesus knew the thoughts of others or certain facts about them because he was God and that he was simply drawn upon his divine omniscience. But I'm convinced that Jesus, when he became incarnate in human flesh, he temporarily suspended the use of his divine attributes in order to live as a human being would live. Thus, these expressions of supernatural power and knowledge are the work of the Holy Spirit in and through Jesus' life. Here are some scriptural examples. In Number one, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 through 8, here Jesus is described as knowing the thoughts of the scribes in verse 4, in response to which he speaks a powerful rebuke. Example number two is found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 37. Again, Jesus knowing their thoughts, he began to speak a word of rebuke and instruction. Example number three. Luke chapter 6, verse 6 through 11, here it is said of Jesus that he knew their thoughts in verse 8. Example number 4, in Luke chapter 9, verse 46 through 48, again, Jesus is described as knowing the reasoning of their disciples' hearts in verse 47. Example number 5, John chapter 1, verse 43 through 51, this is the story of the calling of Nathaniel where Jesus without ever having met the man, knew his moral character and describes having seen him sitting under a fig tree. In example number six, we're going to look at John chapter four. Here is the most frequently cited example where Jesus tells the Samaritan woman the secret sins of her life. Example number seven in Acts chapter five, verse one through 11, it would appear that in some way, most likely by revelation, Peter gained knowledge about the secret and sinful activity of Ananias and Sapphira and spoke a word of judgment accordingly. Example number eight, let's look at Acts chapter eight, verse 26 through 40. This was Philip's experience in hearing the spirit give him instructions concerning the Ethiopian. This is an example of a word of wisdom. Example number nine, we look at Acts chapter nine. Ananias is given knowledge in a vision of a man named Saul and receives divine guidance and instruction on what to say to him. Example number 10, we'll look at Acts chapter 10. This, you know, were the revelatory experiences of Cornelius and Peter in Acts 10 examples of words of knowledge? I think so. Look at, at uh, example number 11 in Acts 13, verse 1 through 3. 
Was the word that came to the church in Antioch concerning the mission of Paul and Barnabas given an example of this gift? How did the Spirit say this? An audible voice? An inner impression that all experienced simultaneously? This might be an example of a word of wisdom in that it concerned a decision for the future ministry and practical steps needed to respond. Here's example number 12 in Acts chapter 14, verse 8 through 10. Some have, some have suggested that Paul's revelatory insight and word to the lame man was a word of knowledge. What did Paul see that led him to the conclusion that this man had some sort of faith that God was about to honor this healing? Did he literally see something or perhaps by way of a vision? Or did he see in the sense that he perceived and understood this to be true of him? If the latter, how might this revelation have come to Paul? A strong impression in his heart? The internal audible voice of the spirit or did he have a vision of the man standing and walking in rejoicings each of these instances is undoubtedly revel revelatory in nature which is to say that god disclosed information otherwise unattainable so when talking about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge it's important to remember that these are valuable gifts to the church and are available for today Scripture encourages us to recognize our need for the gift of wisdom and to ask God for it. Wisdom operates in two directions, vertically towards God as we seek to know His ways, and horizontally towards others as we exercise it in our relationships and our own personal dealings. The word of knowledge is also a gift. It should be tested by Scripture as God will never contradict Himself. So remember, an example of the Lord given a very clear and powerful message of knowledge and wisdom was when the Lord wanted Peter to go to the Gentiles and present the Christian message to them. We talked about this. The Lord gave Peter a vision and audible revelations in Acts chapter 10, verse 11 through 13. However, in our experience, the whisper of God can be so gentle, so quiet, that often we cannot distinguish it from our own thoughts. This is especially true in these modern times when there's probably music or television in the background and we are so busy and distracted that we are not really paying attention to him. That is a major reason why the definition of a message of knowledge and a message of wisdom is God or the Lord Jesus providing to us information or direction. The Lord provides the information or direction, but sometimes we do not recognize it for what it is. Many times it is only after the fact that we recognize that the thought we had was actually revelation from the Lord. This causes us to... <laughs> Be encouraged, like pay attention. Sometimes those simple thoughts may actually be words of wisdom from the Lord giving you advice and counsel throughout your daily life. So let me give a personal example to end this time. Another personal example of the word of wisdom. Uh, this was probably, this is in 2011, 2012. It's after I went through a very difficult depression, depressing season in my life, the Lord spoke a word of wisdom to me to return to my first love and to repent and do the things I did at first from Revelation chapter 2, uh, verse 4 through 5. So just to give some context, during this time I was isolated, I was depressed, and I was seeking a specific direction from God and what I was to do in my life at that time. And I was sitting in my room, I was meditating on a Bible verse concerning understanding, and I had a dream after I fell into a deep trance. 
And in this, that you know, I only mentioned this. It's it sounds dramatic, and this has only happened to me less than a handful of times. But an angel appeared before me in this vision, in this dream, in this trance. And an angel said to me, Grant, seek understanding that is found in Jesus Christ. Understanding is how everything works. Understanding is important. And this was an amazing moment in my life because I've read about these kind of experiences and I studied them uh, for probably over five years at this point before this happened to me. And this never happened to me before until this moment and the appearance of the angel surprised me and I was thinking to myself wow like this has finally happened to me this has really happened to me and at first I saw an outline of the glowish angel and what was like an after image in my eyes like it kind of looked like that and at that time my heart began to pound it just like pounded in my chest in the fear of the Lord and I could feel it in this encounter this dream experience and the angel went down, it like shrunk in size just to not frighten me and startle me anymore. And almost, you know, I almost got the impression of like when people would report of seeing fairies or something, like it, it shrunk into a smaller size. And I was not expecting his appearance and the way that he looked, but he said to me, Grant, seek understanding. Understanding is how everything works. Understanding is very important. Seek the understanding that is found in Jesus Christ. And I knew intuitively that I was supposed to pour out myself over scriptures and related to understanding found in proverbs and i also knew i was supposed to reread the book of revelation in an intentional way and in this place of an intentional focus attention on scripture the lord directed me by words of wisdom to return to kansas city to return to doing the things i did at first in the prayer movement and the lord spoke to me to return to my first love and repent and do the things i did at first so I moved down from Michigan, and there was a convergence of purpose and destiny in my life of following these words of wisdom from the Lord. I ended up meeting my wife, Hope, shortly after moving there, shortly after I acted on those words. And now, several years later, our our lives are rooted here. So, there we go. There's a lot about the word of wisdom to think about to pray about. I hope that these descriptions, these scriptures that I mentioned, these biblical commentaries and even personal stories, personal examples were helpful for you to while we're talking about this word of wisdom manifestation. And I just want to end this time in a quick prayer. And I pray that the Lord would uh, show you more in your own life of how he's already spoken to you in words of wisdom and how to listen to him for more. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word of wisdom, uh, this manifestation of the Holy Spirit, how you love to coach us, you love to guide us, you love to give us blueprints and instructions for our lives. So right now, God, I ask that you would increase our understanding, that you would teach us and train us concerning the word of wisdom gift. Lord, we welcome your insight. We welcome your wisdom in our lives. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, increase the word of wisdom gift and the word of wisdom manifestation in and through our lives to build up your church, to direct our steps, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.